0: Allow me to introduce myself.
1: Alright, uh, welcome back to the Let's Boogie podcast. Um, today I have my first guest that I that neither me or Bigelow personally
0: know. My name is Frank Furtado. You know me better as Middle Eight. Um, and I just I make YouTube videos about music because I, I just love music. Be sure to stick around
2: following Matt's interview for the second installment of Here Comes the Money. But hey, enough of my yakking. What do you say? Let's boogie. Let's boogie.
0: Let's boogie. If you have crack, let's boogie. No one is going into your asshole. I well, I, I wouldn't know. let him without the crack. Ah!
1: I was talking to you and um you said you were willing to come on and it seemed like um i tried to do a little research beforehand but it seems like you haven't really been approached for like a like an interview
0: no i haven't done too many podcasting things um polyphonic who's another big music youtuber uh reached out to me a couple months back where he was thinking of starting a podcast and we did do an Mm -hmm. episode but it never uh i don't know if he's thinking of continuing with it or not but nothing came of it so far
1: since I couldn't find any research, let's mm-hmm. just start from, from the beginning. Did you ever think you were going to be doing this, uh, back in high school?
0: <laughs> so my 15 year old self would be super proud of myself. Cause back in, <laughs> yeah, back in those call of duty, uh, call of duty days, uh, I was a YouTube commentator, uh, doing like just call of duty videos. Uh, and that's, really? kind of, that's, yeah, that's kind of where I started the whole YouTube thing. Um, and I was—I uh, I came up with a persona called Easy Peas, and my channel was growing pretty fast. Uh, even at that time, I was gaining—I gained like three thousand subscribers in like a month or something like that. But at that time, wow. like seven years ago, it was—it was still like kind of a pretty big deal. And then uh, I just I started getting involved with girls, and <laughs> YouTube just didn't end up panning out.
1: Um, Dude, I totally get that. It <laughs> just goes south once you once you get into that world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You just start venturing more outside of the bedroom or out of your mm-hmm. own bedroom, I should yeah. say, and uh, and not uh, really, I guess, focusing on that as much. But yeah, it was fun. I, I was playing Call of Duty. I did a couple Uncharted things, Call of Duty montages, and then uh, I I kind of stopped for a while. Went to school for radio. And then went to school for PR and then kind of found myself, like, I don't know if I want to do PR. Like, I still kind of really love radio, but radio doesn't pay that well. And I want to kind of do Mm. my own thing. And so I found that sort of nice little niche with video essays or video journals based around music and just kind of went from there.
1: 2012 Call of Duty. That was like T. Martin and Syndicate and and all those guys, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Do you remember Woody's Gamer Tag? Oh, Yeah. So he had some commentary, like a uh, battle going on at one point, And I was featured in that whole like contest that he had, uh, where like a cool. bunch of commentators were a part of it, but yeah. <laughs> Holy
1: shit. Yeah. Cause that brings back memories. Cause I, I, cause 2012, I was like, uh, 14. So it was mm-hmm. like a weird time. And I remember watching what he had that series where he like accepted, uh, emails from fans and stuff. Okay.
0: I don't I remember, remember. I don't remember that, that too well. But uh, yeah, that was about the time, it was like 2011, 2012. the, the dubstep
1: so, era. <laughs> so I I assume at that age, you were probably thinking, like, my Call of Duty career is going to go off. <laughs> um, was um, was there any other aspirations you had outside of, like, doing commentating or at, video essays? Or so, anything? yeah.
0: At the time, I, I was really interested in video editing. And I think, like, that's kind of where I want to, to go into. Because, uh, yeah, I was kind of putting together, um, like, video game clips with music. You might be able to even to find some of them. Like, some of them have over a million views on YouTube uh, under Holy the name Squiggy3210. Uh, (laughs) if you want to check that out, you can, but that's, that's middle eight (laughs) essentially. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, I was just really into video editing and then, uh, that kind of, you know, pushed me into the call of duty montage making. And then that's kind of why I I knew how to edit even today.
1: So you mentioned you went to school for radio and broadcast, and Mm -hmm. I assumed you had some type of background with that just because of, I mean, the way you speak in your videos, you have a very, you enunciate everything. Mm -hmm. It's very professional. Um, how did college go with that? What's, what's radio college like?
0: Uh, a lot of weed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice.
0: No, uh, so it, it was very much like that where, um, we learned to essentially tell stories, uh, with voice. And so a big part of the program was storytelling, which is kind of what's contributed towards, uh, like what you see in the videos. Um, and then some of it was announcing too, and audio editing, which is why I know how to kind of mix with music and play around with sound a bit too. Um, but yeah, mostly the, uh, the enunciating thing they really had is kind of getting up in front of the class and, you know, almost improvising on certain topics and trying to remove the likes and the ums out of our voices and things like that. So yeah, that, that's really that, good that, practice. Yeah. It it really did kind of teach you to evolve your voice and I guess, yeah, speak better for radio. Some anxiety involved in that, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I think you, I think the older you get though, that kind of, that kind of fades with age either way. Um, but yeah, that public speaking really does, uh, I guess, get rid of that fear of, uh, public speaking. (laughs) You just got to kind of fake it until you make it almost.
1: Well, that's exactly what I'm doing Mm -hmm. in, in, in film school. Um, since, um, since I am in film school, I wonder if you had the same experience where, did you feel pretty comfortable when you first got to college in what you could do? And then as, and then as you're like being taught how like, uh, like given examples of how uh, really good. Yeah. um, You start to become less confident in yourself and then you start to question like, is this even what I can do?
0: I don't know. I feel like everybody has their strengths in certain things. Um, so even, for example, like in the radio program, there was people who decided to go more into the production side of things. Uh, there are people who weren't that great of an of announcers. So like maybe if you wanted to focus more on announcing, you could kind of do that. Or if you want to focus more on production, you could do that. Um, and then like you, you have the people who are like great at everything and kind of pretty well-rounded. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't feel, I feel like everybody has their style. Everybody has something that I can, they can kind of bring to the table. Um, and if you're not good at one thing, that's kind of a chance for you to learn more about that thing. And like, that's, what's great about school is like, you're there to kind of make those mistakes now. So yeah, I wouldn't feel, yeah. I wouldn't feel too bad about if you don't feel like you're up to par with other people or where professionals are at, because you are at that learning stage and you, you're hopefully aspiring to get there. You know, like Roger Deakins yeah. probably wasn't the greatest director of photography uh, when he was coming out of the gate, too, you know?
1: Yeah, and now he finally got his Oscar yeah, after exactly. how many nominations? After, like, like almost 12.
0: 20. I think Wasn't it more than that? I thought it was, like, almost 20. Uh,
1: it, it very well could be. I mean, the man's done a lot of work, yeah, he basically. He um. So when did you decide, because you said you mentioned, like, there wasn't a lot of money in radio. When did you make the choice to jump from that to... To doing youtube like analysis videos
0: so i finished my radio program uh and it was tough just finding a job uh, so i'm based out of toronto right now um and it's tough finding a job uh in toronto radio because that's where everybody essentially comes like to to make it big in radio so really so yeah so if well at least in, in canada anyways but the the so in order to kind of work in Toronto, though, you kind of have to either go out east or out west and sort of start out very small and like in, in smaller radio stations and then kind of move your way back to Toronto. And I just wasn't I wasn't ready to do that just yet. Um, so I, I took a year off, ended up working with my dad for a bit and then decided to go back to school for public relations because I was kind of really into um garnering audiences and noticing trends and things like that. And it was almost like a business sort of, uh, school too. So I decided to go, um, and that's when uh, I started kind of learning more about influencers and, uh, influencer marketing and things like that. And, uh, then when they finished that program, I looked back and I was like, Hey, I can kind of, I can be a YouTuber now. I have the skills to do it. Um, and I was, I was trying to figure out kind of where the niche was that I really wanted to, to settle into, and then I wrote that King Gizzard video uh, around the time when they were gonna release uh, that fourth album, fourth, fourth out of fifth album that year. And I was like, this is a great story. And not that many people are talking about King Gizzard releasing five albums in one year. So I wrote the script. Um, I sat on it for maybe two weeks and then I was like, okay, what am I, what am I gonna call this YouTube channel now? And I, I think I had uh, a couple names floating around. Indie Fold was gonna be one, sort of like a play on In The Fold. Um, like, indie, Sounds a bit hipster. Yeah, yeah. And well, because it, it initially was only going to kind of be like indie rock. And like, it still kind of is, but I'm starting to sort of venture into other things. Uh, like I'm working on a little Nas X video now, so we're kind of heading towards oh, sweet. <laughs> we're kinda of heading towards a, a bit of a different direction now. But then eventually I, I like the night before I ended up uh like making the channel and everything, I came up with middle eight. It was just um like it's another name for the bridge of a song. And I just thought it, it related to music. It was simple, it was short, I made the logo, it looked good, so I'm like, let's just go with it or else it's never gonna happen. And Yeah, decided to finally record that King Gizzard video, edit it in maybe like a weekend, and then uploaded it like the, I think they released their album on the Friday, and I released the video on a Monday. So, and then posted it on the Reddit, uh, King Gizzard subreddit, and it like took off from there kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, that video, all of your videos mostly are pretty big hits now, but I think the first one, wasn't it Greta Van Fleet?
0: the fr- yeah the first one to really take off was greta van fleet
1: and i had and that's that's how i found you
0: yeah i had not an- i did not anticipate that video to blow up the way it did though cuz they were they were kind of i guess coming up at the the same time too they they had only just released uh, an ep and then um i i remember i remember just finding them on, on like an instagram ad one day or like middle of the night i was just like browsing instagram and i heard that sound and i was like what the hell these guys sound like led zeppelin and then I remember playing it for my dad the next day and being like, listen to this, just listen to this for like a second. And then, yeah, he heard it and he's like, yeah, these guys sound like Led Zeppelin. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I have to make a video of the fact that like these guys are today's Led Zeppelin and kind of balancing and weighing out like the pros and cons of it. But yeah, did yeah, not, I, um, did not anticipate it to, to do as well as it did though.
1: I I mean, it was the, ins- it, it was insane. It got a million views pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think it I, I think it was in my either recommended or it was on the trending page but I saw it um and I actually went to go see them last night. Yeah, and, yeah, you were um, telling me. How are they live? Um they're the best band I've ever seen live. Are you serious. Ma- <laughs> mainly because um the singer Josh um mm-hmm. his his yell, he's starting he's slowly moving away from the Robert Plant like obviously there's still influences. Mm-hmm. But Highway Tune um the the song that was mainly the focus of your video um, totally sounds like Robert Plant, mm-hmm. but their mm-hmm. newer stuff—he's starting to move away from it. And yeah. the yells, the yells that he does during the show, and the guitar solos—they mm. played for an hour and fifteen minutes. Came back out for an encore. Played two songs that lasted thirty-five minutes. Wow. Just just guitar solo yeah, instrumentation. Just it. Yeah, like it was it, it, it was incredible, and it was at Red Rocks, yeah. so you can't really. Oh wow,
0: yeah, that's a nice venue. Yeah, yeah,
1: but. Um, I was gonna ask you about um, what did you think of their album when it?
0: Ca- yeah, I was just I was out. just about to say like they did kind of move away from uh, that Led Zeppelin sort of sound, uh, and I noticed that they took almost like a more of a, a folk route as opposed to mm-hmm. like a, a heavy or a hard rock sort of sound. Much less hard rock. Yeah, um, I also don't think that like a lot of the the. Negative reviews they got were pretty warranted. I think it's just a lot of people saw it <laughs> as, fork. yeah. I think it's just a lot of people saw it as a gimmick, right? Like they were almost piggybacking Led Zeppelin in order to rise to fame quicker. Um, so I can see that, but at the same time, I don't know. They're just making music, and if people like it, like they like it, and, and sorry, same sort of thing with like Imagine Dragons, like the the exact same reasons people hate imagine dragons are the same reasons people love them. Like people love the band name and people think it's the dumbest thing ever
1: their album uh, all, all all that being said, the album still wasn't. I mean
0: that great. Oh, no, no, I mean, no. it, <laughs> I mean, I listened to it maybe like once, yeah, like one it, and a half
1: times <laughs> it it was good music to just like turn on in mm-hmm. the background. but I mean, yeah, they play great live, so I just kind of wanted to get an updated opinion on 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 that. But then after I saw that video, um I think. Maybe two, uh, three or four days um, that the new MGMT album came out, mm. you put out a video, and mm-hmm. I saw that, and I had never gotten into MGMT. Like obviously, I knew Kids and mm-hmm. Electric Feel, but I don't think I had ever even heard "Time to Time to Pretend." Oh really? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I watched that video, and I was like, "Man, I kind of want to check these guys out." And now they're probably my top five.
0: Yeah.
1: Favorite bands, and I mean I. I owe a lot of credit to you for making that video.
0: That was me too. Like as as I was as I was making that video, um, I wasn't very well versed in like the MGMT world either. It was it was very much like, hey, they're coming out with a new album, and then I think I would read something about how they were purposely not making hits because like they just when they made time to pretend, they literally just wanted to sell out um, and like just make it big, and like and by chance they did. And so I started kind of research. They like did it as a joke. Yeah, yeah, and so. And then after that, like, it just seemed like their career was kind of winding down. So, I, I, like, again, I, I don't think they were making music that obviously wasn't supposed to be good. Like, they were making great music. Um, but I just think that uh, it, it just ended up being another story that I thought had, like, some substance to it. And it also coincided with the, the release of their new album. But then, yeah, I, as I was making that video, I was listening to the rest of Oracular Spectacular. And I think I had listened to Congratulations for, like, the first time. and then, And it makes me appreciate these artists and these bands that much more. Um and I noticed that like through every video I usually make, I'm just like, wow, yeah, a lot really kind of went into this. Even with like the whole little Nas X thing. Like I'm I appreciate him a lot more than I did just because just before I knew like the song Old Town Old Town wrote. So Yeah.
1: And Lil Nas X is much more of an artist than people think he is. Yeah. Like, a lot yeah. of people just think he's a rapper. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's uh, he's he's a lot more interesting than I think people think, and that's what and that's what I really love about my videos is that like it does kind of make people appreciate the music that much more, like the artists behind them, because um, I think there is that sort of blanket wall that a lot of people they can't really relate to celebrities and or musicians in that way. Like, I guess through their music, yes, but a lot of people don't really view them almost as human beings until you show their vulnerabilities or show like them struggling or, you know, what goes into their artistry.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely gotten more of an appreciation for certain artists and like, um, it's weird because like certain, uh, bands that you've covered, it's like I appreciate the artist and then I go listen to their music. Mm-hmm. So it makes me appreciate their music like right from the get go. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Namely um MGMT, Radiohead, I had never gotten into before you put out a couple of uh videos on them. Mm-hmm. Uh Animal Collective, you you had that video about like which
0: yeah, uh, where to start which songs that, and
1: albums. Yeah, cuz they they're a weird band.
0: And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they,
1: are, they are. And I finally got into them and also, uh, vampire, vampire weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, I had never gotten into them either, but, um, what does it feel like to, um, know that, uh, bands that you enjoy, you're like recommending to people Mm -hmm. and they're also getting the
0: same experience that you're getting? Um, I don't know. It's, I think it's great. Like, I think, I think a lot of people you are an influencer in a way. Yeah. In a way. It's, I don't know, it's crazy to think that, uh, I don't know what the the channel view counts out now, but last I checked, it was about 15 million. And like, it just, it's so difficult to fathom that 15 million people have heard me talk about music or like have heard my voice. Uh, but yeah, I just, I love that. Like I can share this music with other people because like even some of these things are, it's like so odd, I like guess not obvious to me, but like I've just found these things because I've been interested in music outside of, like what's popular or outside of just the radio. Um, and like none of, I've never really had any friends who have connected with music as much as I do or like actively look for new music. Um, and so it always it's always been something to, to me that I've wanted to share or wanted to talk about and I never could. And that was almost a reason for starting the channel. Cause I was like, hey, I love this music. Like nobody's talking about this music. So, like somebody's gotta love it. Other people are listening to this music. And that's the great thing about the internet is that there are just so many like-minded people with similar interests. And like, I'm I'm happy that they're they found my channel and they're finding new music through it.
1: Would you say that um, obviously, like you enjoy music? Mm-hmm. Would you say that when you're when when you're um, creating an idea for a video, would you say um, it, it might be a case of both? Would you say you you look for music that you wanna you want other people to notice, or would you say that you look for some type of element to a background of their music Mm -hmm. like are you more of a journalist would you say or an analyst for more videos
0: um i think it's like a a mix of both because the journalist aspect comes in when i find a story so sometimes like i'll pop up on an album and i'll be like okay that's really interesting like this album uh there was, was i forgot the band right now um it's an Australian band. They ended up using something like 3,000 samples to make this album. And I was like, wow, that's a, Whoa. yeah, that's a really, <laughs> and the album is entirely made up of samples. It's like, it's 60 minutes long. There's like no breaks in between. And it's just entirely made up of samples from like these six kids in Australia. They made, or the avalanches, that's what they're called um and so i was like and that's like just an idea like i write that down and then like the more i start looking into it after and starting to flesh it out then i'm like okay there's there's like a story here so you have to kind of have i guess that analyst aspect to be like hey there's a story here and then the journalist um aspect is kind of like telling the story or like Mm -hmm. hitting the right story beats kind of thing
1: and you also have to be a journalist in the sense of how much how much research you do because there's so many like details that go into your videos. What would you say like a typical uh, process for one of your videos is?
0: So they roughly take about two weeks to make. Um, While I was, while I was still finishing up my last year of school, uh, I was only doing like one a month, just kind of balancing schoolwork and making videos. Um, But I'd say the first like two or three days is essentially me just rummaging through the internet Like finding links, kind of cross referencing uh, like points to make sure that I'm getting the facts straight. Um, And then, and then, like, I kind of almost make a skeleton outline of what um, I kind of want the story to be. So, like, I'll start with uh, like a, like, I literally use like almost movie beats, like exposition, uh, rising action, climax, and like all that until I get to like the point of a conclusion. Um, and then usually like, I, but I kind of almost write it backwards in a way that like the conclusion almost has to be like the theme of the video. Like, what am I ultimately trying to say about like this whole thing? And so, and, and that's like usually where, where the story beat is. So like little Nas X, it wasn't so like, uh, just cause this is kind of really fresh in my mind, but little Nas X, the whole thing was like, yeah, this is a great story. And this kid's music is like the longest running song on the hot 100 of all time now. But, like that's, that, like, that's a part of the story. But the story is, like, this is what a kid can do with the internet today. And so, like, that was, that was more impactful to me than, like, the fact that, yeah, like, this is what a kid could do with the internet. Not just that he has, like, the record for the most weeks on the Hot 100.
1: Yeah, and, like, the fact that it takes two weeks is interesting to me. Would you say you spend more time in the edit or in the uh, prep? Because it seems like a lot of it comes together in the edit.
0: Um, it really depends. So because I work with sponsors, there are deadlines for like when I, I, I schedule these videos essentially to come out. Um, so sometimes I am a little pressed for time when it comes to the edit and I'd, I wish I could put like more time into the edit. Um, and so that's why I think the, the story though is more important because I I think on YouTube, it's a, it's a visual medium, but I think a lot of people sometimes watch YouTube passively. So they listen, um, probably more than they, than they watch sometimes. Um, so that's why, like, I'm kind of trying to strike a, a middle ground of having something nice to look at while keeping the video moving. But ultimately, the story should kind of be the most important thing.
1: Well, you all, you also have to have a unique voice and something mm-hmm. to say because, like, you you can analyze the music as much as you want, like um, uh, the beats per minute, the introduction of certain instruments into certain parts. But if you don't have something unique to say or something that you a point that you want to get across, you're not really going to go anywhere. Yeah. In terms of gaining an audience. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's true. Because uh, like there have been even a few videos where, um, like I I've, I mostly kind of run through, it and then there really isn't a lot to say. And then those are some of the videos sometimes where I'll get comments that are just like, "Oh, I could have just read the Wikipedia page." And I'm just like, "You're mm-hmm. kind of right, yes, <laughs> but like yeah. I felt like making a video about this artist." And, like, there just wasn't that much to say. But, yeah, I try to avoid that now. Uh, There's a lot more, I guess, points to videos now.
1: So what editing program do you use? Because it looks – you have one of the most professional-looking channels, um, at least that I
0: watch on YouTube. Oh, thanks. Um, I use Premiere now. But up until the Lana Del Rey video, I was using a program called Cyberlink Power Director. (laughs) Okay, never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's real, trust me, it's real. Is it free or what? No, it's not, uh, but I, I have my ways. <laughs> okay. And um, I've this is a program I've been using since I was like 14 making those Call of Duty videos. So I was just like, I know how to use this. I'm just going to use it. Like not going to yeah. reinvent the wheel. Um, And then of course, with while I'm in the middle of my thesis, while I'm writing the longest video I've ever made and the longest video I've ever edited, the Lana Del Rey one, Um, I'm learning uh, Premiere Pro and, like, Photoshop at the same time.
1: (laughs) Premiere is awesome. It is. I love it. once you finally, like, it's way harder to use than iMovie and Final Cut. um, But once you learn how to use it, it's the most... um, It's just uh, efficient.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And of, of, of like, any of them. And a lot of people are scared to make that leap from the Apple... uh, editing software yeah. to premiere but once you make that leap it's it's definitely yeah. a, a, a good payoff
0: and i'm just so surprised because i went like i went to school for radio and they taught us like adobe audition so like i know my way around adobe audition like, mm. no problem and then i i never bothered to try adobe premiere i never bothered to really hop into uh photoshop like i was i was using uh, a freeware called gimp to essentially do uh <laughs> to do my photo ima- yeah my photo imaging uh my photo editing. And then, yeah, I, I got to the point where I was just like, okay, if, like, if I'm going to do this, like, let me let me at least abide by, like, industry standard kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, that's when I started really got getting into Adobe Premiere was when I was doing the Lana Del Rey video.
1: So, I've noticed you also focus more on modern music in the mm-hmm. videos. Um, is there a reason for that? Are you just not a big, like, early rock guy?
0: So, my dad was the classic rock guy. And, like, so I grew up on the Led Zeppelins, the Beatles, Pink Floyd, and... Um, And just the way that I was, I don't know, just the way I was thinking about things is that like every 20 years or so is kind of when there's like a big nostalgia wave that kind of happens. Um, So kind of like a a lot of the music that I cover is very much like that 2000s sort of era and and beyond. Um, I think the earliest I've done is probably like Radiohead. I think so. But yeah, that's just that's just kind of where I think the audience is right now, at least um, if I was targeting older, um, like they'd essentially be people my dad's age or just people who are getting, I guess, introduced to uh, like those classic rock legends of the, of the time. Um, but yeah, I just think there's uh, there's just the space for like modern music or things from at least like the 2000s that kind of still resonate with people because it, it is very much like that sort of like childhood era of music or for some like a, a their awakening of their music sort of uh, lives. So yeah,
1: um, I mean, I guess now that now that you said that you probably also it's 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 probably a good choice to focus on modern music because. Uh, bands from back then have been covered so much. There's mm-hmm. been so much analysis over them and it's kind of like... Um, it's
0: redundant almost, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, There's There's no real point to repeat what other people say. So yeah. the bands nowadays you can cover pretty... As, like, the first person yeah,
0: to yeah. do them. and that's how I kind of saw it, too, is, like, why am I going to make a video about, like, even though I have a video about Led Zeppelin, it was kind of like, why am I going to make a video about Led Zeppelin or the Beatles when, like, they've probably had documentaries, countless documentaries made about them. And you can, I don't know, find a, autobiographies written about, like, one specific song.
1: Um, since since I'm also a film student, I, I wanted to get your... So I look at movies pretty differently than I did maybe two years ago because Mm -hmm. you have to constantly be analyzing them and understanding what works what doesn't work do you have that same thing with music where like a year or two ago or or like probably three years ago Mm -hmm. you 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 looked at music differently than you do now
0: it was it was 20 like i remember the moment (laughs) it was uh it was 2012 and it was when the first alt j record came out um Like, I think it was even just like his voice that I was just like, this is very peculiar. And everybody I was playing it for was kind of like, I guess, turned off by it for a bit. And I was listening to it so much that like, I just grew such an appreciation for it. Um, And that's almost kind of like when I even started to listen to a little bit more of Radiohead, because people were talking about how they sound like Radiohead. Um, But yeah, it was just, it was very much the fact that they were like an art pop group or like an art rock group. So it was, it was more of an artistic, uh,
1: um, and you wanted to like understand what yeah, the heck was yeah, going on. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? I was I, like, it was, it was exactly that. It was kind of like, okay, this isn't on, this is on the radio yet anyways. And l- like, it's clearly making waves online <laughs> for lack of a better word. No pun intended. An awesome wave is the name of the <laughs> album, But yeah, Jesus. it was, it was making waves yeah. online. And, uh, I was kind of, I don't know. I was just interested. It was a fresh sound. I'd never like really heard that before. Cause I was very much more used to, uh, I don't know, just listening to kind of contemporary radio. Uh, like I think the closest I'd come to it was listening to maybe like the white stripes when I was younger, but at that point they were already like massive.
1: So really quick, I do this thing where every time, um, Every time I find a band that I think I might like, Mm. I, I listen to every single one of their albums from the start to the finish and I've done it for, I want to say 25, 30 bands now, Mm. um, just because I enjoy doing that. And I wanted to get some of your opinions to see if I actually have good taste or not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I qualify as a good meter, but (laughs) okay. Well, you,
1: you listen to a lot and I listen to a lot of bands in general. Okay. So first off right off the bat my favorite band is oasis have you ever see i'm not heard a lot of i'm stuff? not
0: too into the whole brit pop uh like era i guess so yeah i haven't yeah. listened to too much of oasis aside from like the the big hits like wonder wonder yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i mean still uh wonder is a great song yeah so i, I remember
0: i was yelling at uh do you know Robin Pecknold from uh, Fleet Foxes, the lead singer? I went to a Fleet Foxes concert. Oh, uh, okay. And he was asking uh, people what he wanted to sing next. And I yelled out to say to play Wonderwall. And he did it for the, the first <laughs> 10 seconds. But yeah, that got a laugh.
1: Holy shit. But go on, go um, on. <laughs> uh, the close second for me, like the biggest influence. Um, I only like Oasis just because I listen to their stuff the most, mm-hmm. but by far the most like artistic like you can see him behind me, Uh, the doors, Doors. Jim Morrison. Mm -hmm. Uh, have you gotten into Yeah. Yeah. I've listened,
0: I've listened to, uh, mostly I think just the doors record, their debut record. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, my yeah, that's are best one. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty great record. And uh, I think I have. I do have uh, like the best of the Doors on vinyl, but it was a gift. Like I'm not too into them. Uh, my favorite song from them probably is "The End," just because of Apocalypse Now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, no, I, I don't know. I wasn't too big of a fan of him. Uh, more so, my dad, if anything, is into the Doors yeah. more. Yeah.
1: Um, and then um, my current favorite artist, like the, um, the guy that I'm going to see here, um, in um November mm. uh Kurt
0: Vile have you listened to him Ah, uh, yeah uh Big Pimpin
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: yeah he's uh he's not too big on my list either but uh no like a great artist and I like I definitely see why people people love him but yeah Big Pimpin is still a song that I definitely like put on every once in a while or like it just it yeah. just comes to mind because yeah it just good um on. let
1: me just ring off a couple yeah uh 13th Floor Elevators uh Credence Clearwater Revival Fly to the Concords. Um I don't know if you've seen it's their the HBO show, right? Show. Yeah,
0: I haven't. No, I haven't uh, seen the show, but I know Jeremy. Uh... Yeah,
1: they're they're hilarious. Just like a uh, Tenacious D, they're on my list here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the Kinks, the Lemon Twigs, uh, the Stone Roses as well.
0: I don't know the if Stone... you haven't listened. Uh, the Stone. I was just about to say. I just started listening to the Stone Roses a couple months ago, um, and I got through the first listen. And I think it's called. I think it was Waterfall. The song Waterfall is what got me. And that's how I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is uh, some very interesting psychedelic uh, rock, I guess, or some neo-psychedelic.
1: Yeah, because that was the original, like 1989, I think that came out. That was Mm. the original pop that inspired Oasis. Oh, okay, okay. And if you listen to their debut album, that's probably my favorite album of all time. Mm. Um, The last two tracks are close to the end. This is the one and uh, um, I Am the Resurrection are so like building 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 into like crazy arrangements Mm -hmm. so if you haven't dived into that
0: that's definitely something out again like i feel like and and the thing is like aside from their debut i don't think they've really reached that sort of acclaim again did they
1: um so they it was weird so the record industry it was um they put out their debut Mm-hmm. And it was one of the biggest selling albums of that year, of that decade, I think, in in England. And every song from the album was like, I want to say like a top 25 hit, but they had so many hits from that first album. And then um, the record company basically like uh, messed them over somehow. And then they came up with one more album five years later, which is not bad, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. And then they never made another album.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I I think I was reading something about that. And but there we go. Like that's a story worth telling. You know what I mean? Like that's a potential. Like let's find out why. Or kind of, hey, I've never heard of this band. Here's an interesting story. They had an album that was probably one of the greatest of all time, or a lot of people think it's one of the greatest of all time. Influenced the whole Brit inspired. Yeah, Yeah. influenced the whole Brit pop era. Like what happened to the Stone Roses? Yeah, that would work.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, I have a couple more here but it seems like uh you don't listen to the same bands that i, no, do. No, so, I know so far it doesn't um, seem uh who have you gotten into recently that that i can write down here
0: um i'm kind of more into hip-hop right now if anything i just think the hip-hop genre is is sort of like in its i guess psychedelic era of or like its art era of where uh i guess like the beatles were like in the, the late 60s Um, so it's just a very exciting time for that Uh, so like JPEG Mafia just released uh, a pretty big album very eclectic very difficult I'd say to kind of like get into because it's this sort of uh, glitch hop or uh, industrial hip-hop kind of thing okay Um, but as of now oh I here's a band that I think you might like they're called WH Lung I don't know if you know the band Pond no. They kind of sound like a mix of them. Or, they, or even like King Gizzard uh, in their, um, what's it called? In Your Lungs album? The one that, um, one of their older psych rock albums. It kind of sounds like like old school King Gizzard with a bit of like Pond. But yeah, very like okay. psychedelic songs are like 10 minutes long, but like a great album that came out this year. I fuck with it. Yeah. It like Psychedelic's
1: awesome, man. Yeah,
0: check that out. Uh, lately, I've been listening to Jaguar Maw. I don't know if you know have you heard of them no I get like kind of like an alternative dance but like neo-psychedelic um just I don't know very like cheery sound to them uh I don't know if you've heard of I don't know if he calls himself DJO or DJO but the guy from uh the guy from Stranger Things uh Steve with like the hair he he has he has his own music and it's it's essentially like um just like indie rock but like it's pretty good
1: Oh okay. Yeah, I I I think I've seen a clip. Yeah. of him doing something.
0: That uh and I'm still kind of enjoying the that new foals album that came out earlier this year. Um Oh okay. Yeah, I just think every song on it's like pretty strong. Like it's held up over the like over the course of the year. Yeah, just a bunch of different things. Uh, there's other Oh, like if you're if you're into I don't know if you're into jazz at all, but uh check out The Comet is Coming. That's definitely one to the check out. Yeah, The Comet is Coming. Uh, it's I'm
1: definitely into jazz after watching La La check, Land.
0: But check out the comment is coming. Like this is like new age jazz. Like this is the kind of hmm. like I don't know. It's just such a cool fusion. Is it trippy at all? Yes, it's like it's like a great fusion of like psychedelic rock and jazz and like space rock and it's just I don't know. It's just so good.
1: All right, cool. I'll check them. That's out.
0: definitely up there for probably like one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, have you seen La La Land? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Like I, yeah, I, I sat I there too. and uh I don't know. It was kind of an awe, but yeah, that and the soundtrack is just beautiful. Like City of yeah. Star, City of Stars. I ended up learning on uh ukulele because it's just so good.
1: Yeah, and yeah. like, uh Damien Chazelle seems to have a fascination with jazz in general. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he does. Because um, Whiplash. Um, yeah, is that's what it was one of
1: the best movies ever. Yeah, that so. too.
0: That had me on. uh I guess like the edge of my seat during the movie too.
1: Yeah, I, I I guess we can transition into some. I was going to say talks. it sounds since, it sounds like this is the,
0: <laughs> the transition here.
1: <laughs> yeah, since uh, since you said you were a walking IMDb page, oh, um,
0: don't quiz me now. Would
1: you uh, would you what do you think is the best movie that's come out this year? Because a lot of people are saying it's kind of a weak year for. Yeah, the movies, I'm, I was even just I, trying I, to think that. I haven't seen the Joker
0: yet, and that, I think that's probably mm-hmm. like up there for like a big anticip like a highly anticipated movie. Um, was that at toronto international yeah it was i didn't get to go this year uh oh, what was i doing oh. yeah i didn't go this year but yeah by the time I'm i a single by the time ones. i tried to grab tickets like they were completely out i was trying to see that new natalie portman movie uh natalie portman movie lucy in the sky but mm, yeah, yeah, yeah it was sold out i saw it uh chapter two that was kind of disappointing <laughs> oh yeah um
1: i hated the sequence where they all like um went apart and then like For 40, 45 minutes, it was just one by one and getting
0: terrified by the clown. Yeah. (laughs) It it (laughs) dragged on. They kind of did that with the first. I think that's where people didn't really enjoy it is because it it was almost like the same thing as the second one, but not as effective because they were adults now and it just seemed too over the top and unbelievable. Like it was almost like...
1: Yeah. Kind of had a tongue in cheek. Well... Well, that and, like, you can't make a movie that's two hours and 50 minutes long. Oh, that too, yeah. That has that thin of a story. Yeah. Like, I was just bored.
0: Yeah. That and they they, uh, averted away from, like, a lot of the the book material, apparently.
1: Yeah. Um, Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?
0: I did. I did. I I am a a pretty big uh, Tarantino fan. I was just watching Pulp Fiction today. But oh, nice! Um, once I think I think that movie was great. It could have been maybe half an hour shorter, but I don't know. I think I think there was a lot of buildup that led to like that that payoff at the end. That like those last yeah. twenty minutes. But yeah, those last twenty minutes are pure gold. But
1: did you see it once or twice? I saw it
0: once. Yeah, in theaters with yeah, an audience. Go see it again. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> I I saw it four times. Okay. So I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> um, it gets better with every time because you realize how every scene is important to oh, the characters okay. or um, just the payoff at the end. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and also the soundtrack yeah. is amazing.
0: Even because I noticed that too. When I got out of the theater, I was like, that was okay. And then the more I talked about it with other people who had seen it, I was like, holy crap, this movie was great. <laughs> and it was just, yeah. it was weird how the more I thought about it or the more I like I talked about it, the better the movie got.
1: Well, it's like how people were complaining that, um, Cliff Booth, like for example, drives a lot in the movie. Like mm. there's just pointless scenes of him driving. Mm. Um, w- uh, I have, I, I disagree with those people that they're pointless because one, it shows, um, it, it's just Tarantino, um, showing his production value that, that he got for this movie because mm. some of the background of like the sixties looks amazing. Yeah. And also, like um, that first driving sequence, um, when he leaves Rick's house for the first time, and he's just driving for like two or three minutes, I want to say, mm. it's showing like the fact that Cliff is so far away from Rick's life, but mm. stays so close to him because he 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 drives all this way, and you see and and you see Hollywood going away, and he pulls up to a. Um, a drive-in movie theater mm-hmm. and he just has a trailer yeah. and it's like damn this guy sucks kind of <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a really like that's a really good uh analysis i think like it even just showcases like him in his car he's literally the cowboy of the movie right like rick dalton yeah. is the one pretending to be one the entire time and that's
1: a great point yeah
0: and he's essentially the cowboy in the movie like taking his his car his
1: uh mm-hmm. his
0: horse all around town
1: because I have to analyze um, the scene where he leaves um, the ranch mm. for my uh, film expression class. So that should be interesting. But yeah, watch watch it again. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely I, have I think to. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I did the first time and I definitely will watch it again. Um, but I felt that same way about like even The Hateful Eight. Like watching it again, I, I feel like mm-hmm. the repeated watch did make me feel better about it
1: tarantino just really doesn't know how to make a bad movie yeah. honestly <laughs> um, <laughs> which, I mean,
0: which, which one's bad i would say there's a bad one but there's my least favorite one or probably like everybody's least favorite one is death proof um and yeah I s-
1: that's the one i haven't seen
0: oh you haven't seen that okay okay Mm-mm. it just it kind of pales in comparison to the rest of these movies in terms of like pacing um there are some great scenes in it though but yeah, I just think it's not I mean, like I'll, I'd still take Jackie Brown over Death Proof.
1: Would you say Tarantino
0: is your favorite director? I'd put him up there next to like Christopher Nolan. I just sound like an oh okay I, I just sound like respectable. An, I just sound like an internet typical movie watcher. But, well, nah, I mean they're great directors, I mean, Christopher That's Nolan. Yeah.
1: Which one's your favorite Nolan movie? Um, there's so many. Yeah, to, I probably to choose from.
0: Probably the Prestige i put either the Prestige really? or uh, Inception. I really loved Inception.
1: I think the Prestige was like I did a rankings of them recently, and I think the Prestige was near the bottom. Oh, really, I don't know. Just, it just
0: didn't s-
1: sit well with me. It's
0: just one of those movies, though, that every time you watch it, like you notice something new because of what happens at the end. But I'll have to watch it again. Yeah, it's just it's I don't know. It's just one of those movies that warrants repeat listens. Same sort of thing with uh, Memento. Like watching yeah, it again definitely. is kind of like whoa okay, I think that I was think like that's
1: my favorite
0: by him yeah I think that was the f- that's how I was introduced to him it was I had some crazy media teacher in uh in high school who was showing us just essentially movies every week like classics trying to get us into it and he was he was the reason why I ended up getting into movies and I think I spent an entire summer just watching all of the IMDb like top two hundred at the time and that's yeah. kind and that's how I kind of really got into to film.
1: Well, uh, Nolan also relating it back to music, mm. Hans Zimmer has oh, some yeah. of the best yeah. music in like any movies. Yeah. The interstellar um, soundtrack I mean, interstellar. Yeah. Yep. Like goosebumps. And I really, um, almost like Peach. inception is really good as mm. well. Time is one of the best, yeah. um, original score songs used in a movie and people use it for, you know, dumb sports montages now <laughs> on YouTube.
0: <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> I'd use it. What in would you everything.
1: say? That's a good question, actually. What would you say is uh, one of your favorite um, original scores from a movie? There's Ooh. so many options,
0: but. um, Probably uh, Tron, like Daft Punk's Tron. Oh, yeah, 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 that's a good one. I think I actually I was I'd, I was listening to that soundtrack for a, a while. Like, I think I had it on my iPod for a long time. But yeah. I think
1: um, have you seen the social network? Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's my favorite. I mean, that main theme, like, is just so trippy and haunting. Yeah. And it's just a movie about Facebook, so you wouldn't expect yeah, it. Yeah, but, yeah. 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 That whole movie
0: mine. is uh, is pretty great. I feel like I forget how great it is until I, I watch it, and then the the opening scene is literally what grabs me every time. But yeah, I know what you're yeah. talking about this, uh, with the music, though. I'm just remembering now when, like, the, the Winklevoss twins are, like, rowing. Or But that's mm-hmm. not even an original song. It's, uh... I forgot whatever the name of that song is in the King's Court or something like that.
1: Um, oh yeah, uh, Hall of the Mountain King. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: that's it. But yeah, no, that's not but, even part of the original score, but still, just great. I guess scoring yeah. in general. What's the what's your favorite movie that you've seen so far this year? Because I was gonna say there's not. Um, I'm still like waiting for things.
1: Once upon a time was really good. I mean, I gave it five stars. Um, I have a list here. Let me let me find my list. As I said, the lighthouse. Um,
0: I really want to see.
1: Oh, I want to see that so bad. Right? You have seen the the uh the witch? I'm assuming.
0: Yes, 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 I did. That yeah, was that a was trippy movie. <laughs>
1: incredible. It and, was but... and and it was his first movie that uh Robert Eggers, who was his mm-hmm. first movie, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I mean Avengers was really good. Um Yeah. Are are, are you into the whole Marvel universe? Oh yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> All the way in. All the way. What would <laughs> you think about uh what would you think about spider-man getting kicked out
0: oh I, like it on spider-man's way I, I have a shrine in my bedroom of spider-man <laughs> i'm not i'm not kidding you i have at least like four funko pops like an encyclopedia of spider-man like a little framed poster of him like Dude, I'm, i love spider-man too. yeah i love spider-man um i don't i just don't know i was re-watching far from home and i'm just like kevin feige was so smart to almost like embed everything about the mcu into that story's plot line so deep that like I don't know how Sony is going to pull themselves out of that world at this point. Like, yeah. And like he was supposed to replace. Yeah. Iron Man. Like his whole, his whole motive, that entire movie is to replace Iron Man, the MCU's mm-hmm. Iron Man. And so it's like, what do you, what do you do now? Sony? Like, I, I honestly, yeah. I could see them really coming back to negotiate the whole thing. I don't know if like Disney's going to get everything they want. Um, but I just, I, yeah, I can't see them moving forward. And like a, being able to like not make things just so disconnected and be just making it crap because Sony just the Venom movie was just garbage or just the tone just doesn't match like the MC. I heard I heard it was pretty bad. <laughs> no. I mean, it was fun, um, but like it wasn't it's yeah. just not up to par with like Marvel movies. Or Marvel do you
1: Do you hold the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies in your heart <laughs> um, as much as pretty much everyone else does, it seems like?
0: I do, I do. I don't see them being, like, bad or, or like, I could see them being cheesy, yes. The but third
1: one is... Yeah, the third
0: one I don't think I've watched in a long time. But Spider-Man yeah. 2, I definitely come back to quite often. And Spider-Man um, 1, yeah, if it's on, I'll watch it. But um,
1: the other one I really liked this year was The Art of Self-Defense with jesse eisenberg i don't know if you saw that i don't
0: think i saw that no um I, look
1: that I, I would assume it's coming out pretty soon but it's basically about jesse eisenberg gets involved with a karate class because he's like kind of kind of a pussy <laughs> and it just gets into this whole weird realm of like karate gang and like all this okay so is this, i really oh, enjoyed this is that out, yeah
0: it came out Okay, yeah, I gotta yeah. check this out. Yeah, I haven't, there's still so many things that, like, I've been dying to see that haven't come out yet. Like, The Lighthouse is one of them. Uh, Joker is one of them. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, probably, I, I'd, I'd probably give my favorite movie so far of the year, aside for maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but even that, like, didn't match my Quentin Tarantino expectations that are... Quota. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> probably Toy Story 4. Like, I honestly oh, thought yeah. Toy Story 4 was, like, pretty great.
1: Yeah, like... I didn't think they could do it again and I yeah. was pissed that they wanted to do yeah. it again, but they did it again. Me it's too. so good.
0: <laughs> they got me. Like
1: Yeah. Disney like, Plus signed me up. Did you ever see uh Booksmart when that came out?
0: No, I didn't, but I had my girlfriend was like kind of pushing me to go see that. Did you end up seeing that? Yeah, it she,
1: pretty funny. she she had a good choice in trying to get you to go. Cause it's basically super bad, but like, it's not as funny as super bad. I'll say yeah. that, but in every other way, like from a technical filmmaking standpoint, mm-hmm. it's way better. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, check that out.
0: Yeah. I'm going to um, talk with you after and I'll get some, uh, I'll get some movie recommendations for the year down. I want to see knives out too.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That looks pretty good. Ryan Johnson needs to, uh, uh, how do I want to say this? Reclaim his, um, uh, Mojo as a filmmaker oh, yeah. after, after the Last Jedi.
0: Yeah, and the thing it was, was just... like that movie was being hyped up so much, all because of Ryan Johnson. Oh, I know. Like I Disney know. was just like Ryan Johnson has created the best Star Wars movie of all time, and and the funniest <laughs> thing about that is like
1: Ryan Johnson. Challenged Disney and was like, Make an original Star Wars movie next time. I'm Mm -hmm. killing off everyone. Like, there's no storylines that you can go. Yeah. And then Disney brings back Palpatine. They bring back all this crap. It's like, Well, now it was kind of pointless.
0: Yeah. I feel like he pretty much went in there to destroy them. And they were like, Well, we'll just go further back.
1: I think I'm out of questions. Like, honestly, um, I think I, I. I think I got what I needed. I'll say that. <laughs> All right, um yeah. it was a nice chat. So thanks for coming on. Um, I hope your Lil Nas X video comes out pretty <laughs> soon because I'm definitely interested in seeing that. Yeah. Um, why don't you plug yourself a little bit? Uh, what do you have going on?
0: Um, so I am... Middle Eight on YouTube, currently making video essays or video journals on music that just interests me. But more importantly, that has a story that I think needs to be shared with other people. Uh, if you love music, if you want to find new music, if you just want to talk about music, you can find me at youtube.com Middle Eight um, or the, modal, the Middle Ocho on Twitter and Instagram.
1: All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, see you around. If you enjoyed
2: Matt's interview with Frank and you are a first-time listener to the pod, be sure to toss us a follow on Twitter at Let's Boogie Pod. Subscribe to the pod on Apple or Spotify or wherever you may be listening. Uh, Toss us a review. If you liked it, if you hated it and thought it sucked, let us know it sucked. Uh, We are open to all feedback of any kind. Uh, thanks again to Frank for tuning for uh, joining Matt. Uh, I think this interview that was a really good uh, good interview, and um, now it's time for some picks.
0: Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Talk. Here comes the money. Money money money, money. money, 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 money.
2: It is the second installation of Here Comes the Money. Uh, I am flying solo because Shaul is currently at. Beautiful love library. Studying for a geography test tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night, the twenty-fifth of September. So there are some Thursday night game picks. I don't know if this will be out by then, but if it is out once those games have started, you know, and their Ws or losses for whoever takes them, uh, just chalk them up. Um, so we're gonna. I'm gonna start off by reading uh, Schalt's picks. This is week four for the NFL and week five for the college game. Uh Schald says he lo- he likes the Eagles. He says he's going to sprinkle the Eagles on Thursday night uh against the Packers. That the Browns, he calls calls the Browns going up against I believe they're playing the Ravens. Browns and yeah, the Browns are playing the Ravens on Sunday. And Shauld referred to the Browns as a lock, which after their shaky start on offense is uh Kind of bold, but they are uh, six and a half point dogs on the road at Baltimore. That line was opened at three and a half and it went uh, up to six and a half. Uh, So, yeah, Eagles plus three and a half uh, Browns plus six and a half in the NFL. And then Schald also wanted to pass along a PSA. That the rest of his NFL picks are going to be Colin Cowherd's Blazing Five. Uh, Shawl has been a big proponent of the Blazing Five for years. His sometimes his strategy has been to lose all his all the money all all the money on Saturday, win it all back on Sunday with the Blazing Five. The Blazing Five has not come out yet. I believe that's going to be out on Friday. I believe, but so far Cowherd. Is 11-4 on his Blazin' 5 picks, back-to-back 4-1 and one weeks. Uh, started off with a 2-2 two, in two one week, thanks to dear old Adam Vinatieri, but he has been hot so far, so uh, Schald advises that everyone should go tail the Blazin' 5. In the college game, uh, Schald has Memphis minus 6.5 uh, first half at home against uh, Navy on Thursday night. Um, he also likes the over in Arizona State, Cal, which is a bold because those two very questionable offenses. I'll talk about that game later. I do uh, that. That game is one of my picks. Uh, Charles also likes the over in Maryland, Penn state, which is a rare Friday night, big 10 game in happy Valley where the no, is that in happy Valley? No, that game is in That game is in College Park. I lied. Uh, But Penn State is a a 6.5 point favorite. Schultz says he likes the over, which is currently at 61.5. I will also touch on this game later. And then his other picks for the weekend in the college game are Nebraska plus 17.5 against Ohio State. The big game Saturday night on ABC. Uh, Been the talk of the town here in Lincoln all week long. And Schaald, of course, likes Nebraska plus 17 and a half. And he also likes the Hawkeyes across the river. They are taking on Middle Tennessee State. Hawks are a 23 and a half point dog on a classic Iowa 11 a.m. game on ESPN, Two. Probably going to have Beth Mowins on the call. The whole nine traditional Iowa football and Schaald likes the Hawks minus 23 and a half. On my side of things, I uh, NFL-wise, I am going to take the Packers for the Thursday night game. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Their defense has been outstanding. The Eagles are two-banged up all over the place. They do get Alshon Jeffrey back this week, but I don't think that will be enough. Uh, the Eagles are also 0-3 ATS this year. Uh, I think going to Lambeau on a Thursday against a Packers defense that's been pretty damn good so far. Give me the cheeseheads. Uh, I also think the Patriots are going to go to Buffalo and tear Bill's Mafia's heart out. Pats are seven-point favorite. I think they win by 10-14. to 14. And then also in the NFL, uh, the lock of the week, sorry, Matt, is the Chiefs going to Detroit on Sunday. This game opened at four and a half and is up to six and a half. I think the Chiefs win by a touchdown with relative touchdown or more with relative ease. The factoid that I heard this week was that since Patrick Mahomes took over as the starter, the Chiefs have never scored less than 26. And I just don't think the Lions are going to be able to get into a scoring track meet of sorts. With the Chiefs. So this we transition to the college game. I like Memphis plus ten, not Memphis. Sorry, Navy plus plus ten and a half in the Thursday night game. Memf- Navy has kind of owned Memphis since they got to, since they joined the AAC in football uh, serves academy games are always tricky. And I think Navy will be able to keep it close. They might even be able to win that game outright. I like the Terps. This might be the hottest take of the week. This pick will probably come back to bite me in the ass. Uh, I like the Terps. They're six and a half point favorites at home against Penn State. I just don't trust Penn State. The fact that Penn State is the number 12 team in America, when they really kind of haven't done much this year and they kind of got that ranking solely based off what they did last year. Uh, I don't trust them. I think Maryland has a chance to say, hey, we weren't just a two-week wonder, and I think they can keep that game close, possibly even pull up an upset in College Park. Um, I like Cal getting uh, their four-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Arizona State. I will fade Herm Edwards every chance I can get. Uh, Justin Wilcox is also a very good coach. Uh, Cal is sneaky. I like them. No fade the boat this week. Uh, We were pretty successful the first couple weeks. Uh, Minnesota somehow found a way to be 3-0. They're two-point favorites going on the road to Purdue. Actually, you know what? I'll take them. I'll take the boat. Take the boat. No fade the boat this week. Uh, I don't think Elijah Sindelar is going to play for Purdue, and without him, they are uh, average at best. So give me the Boilermakers. I will also take uh bounce back game of the week. I will take wazoo wazoo uh they're going on the road to Utah. Utah is somewhat banged up after they lost at USC last week and then the epic collapse that Washington State had in the second half against uh, UCLA. uh I'll take I'll take the Cougars plus six on the road at Utah. I think that uh yeah, that offense. It's just scary, no matter who they're going up against, and uh, Utah has some injuries on the defensive front, so that is gonna do it. I don't, th- I think, uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for our second installation of Here Comes the Money. Uh, Schall will hopefully be back next week. You'll be able to hear his voice, and hopefully we have a better week this week than we did a couple weeks ago. So thanks for tuning in, guys, and let's get rich. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm
0: not fucking leaving! The
2: show goes on! This is my home! They're gonna need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here! They're going to need to send in the national guard of fucking SWAT team. Because ain't it's going it's nowhere.